This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for our Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And here with me for every Tuesday edition of Locked on Rockets Film Room is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ali Kambijani. How's it going, Ali Khan? Hey, Jackson. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? We are, well, I'm doing good. The chat looks like it's vibing. Um, we've got a lot of people very active in here. And uh, again, the streets have it that we are going to have some people joining us up on the stage today. So as soon as you guys want to talk about something, hit that request to speak button, jump up here, chat it up with us. That's what this is about. We want to be able to interact with you, the listeners. But let's kind of get things rolling here and we'll kind of test the waters a bit. We had a press conference from none other than the man, Rafael Stone himself, general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, just you know, late Monday afternoon, somewhat of an impromptu press conference, but it makes sense. The NBA trade deadline just passed, and um, it was about a 30-minute you know, ordeal overall. And Ali Khan, you know, I think there were a lot of interesting nuggets from the press conference that we can kind of uh, unpack. But the very first point that I want to bring up was actually the point that Stone ended on. And I guess it's, you know, it's kind of an in, a weird inverse to start where he ended, but we're doing it. So whatever. Um, I was really ta- like, I was really impressed, I guess, just his closing statement that he reiterated that he does not regret the James Harden trade in the slightest and that he you know, would go back and do the exact same trade again and again, you know, no issues. He doesn't, you know, he's not second guessing himself whatsoever. And he also highlighted the fact, and I think this is such an important point to push home for Rockets fans who are a bit more impatient about the current rebuild going on right now is that we're not going to be able to judge the James Harden trade in its entirety until those picks either a convey or until they are converted in the form of, you know, leveraging for, you know, an, an established player or a star player, whatever, you, whatever have you. And I think that's kind of my main takeaway is there needs to be a level of patience and kind of trust that the organization did believe that it did its due diligence and made the right move. What do you think about that kind of his closing statement? And then we'll dive into some of the other points that he made. You know, the, the keeping is, like you said, he mentioned there was no, um, no regrets, and he said no second guessing. And that was, I, I think the no regrets part is you know you you do all the you you do all the decision making you make you make a deal no regrets. But the fact that he is not second guessing it that was a pretty interesting statement because we you know Stone, if you guys haven't watched this press conference yet, I would encourage you to watch this one and his past one because you'll learn a lot about Stone and how he speaks. 
publicly. Um, and the fact that he came out and said, I am not second guessing it for a moment is a show of confidence that, you know what? We think the draft picks we got based off of, you know, the swaps and the picks, we can put ourselves in position to maybe get a franchise star through the draft or a franchise player through trade uh, moving forward. And that was really interesting to me. Um, you know, I, you can, you can get a Ben Simmons, you can get some sort of other player, but if you have draft capital and he talked about this in this press conference too, the commodity or the, the value um, that's given to first round picks is, is a commodity. And, and that's a very big thing to have whenever you are looking to cash in through the draft cash in via trade. And I think the flexibility there is a big thing. Flexibility is, is a key word that he's used in his introductory press conference, his press conference um, at the start of this, or after the James Harden trade, and now here at the trade deadline, flexibility. I think that's going to be a big thing with this organization and this front office moving forward, making sure they can put they can make put themselves in position to not just make one trade for a franchise player or one or draft a franchise player, but put themselves in position if they can do multiple things um, to get back to contention is what they want to do. You know, and I think one of the other key points that he referenced, you know, throughout the press conference at one point, and, you know, there were so many great reporters, you know, present for that press conference, yourself included, my good friend. And, um, you know, so I, I, I forgive me for not being able to track down exactly who asked what question and where and what the response was. But at some point, Rafael Stone was asked something and his response essentially boiled down to that he views these draft picks as assets, right? And, you know, yeah. as tradable assets. And I think that's kind of, it gives us an inkling as to what his plan is. And I really, I never believed for a moment when the trade first was consummated that the Rockets would actually wind up utilizing and drafting and picking at all of those positions down the line um, via the Brooklyn Nets pick package. I was firmly in the camp that Rafael Stone, much like his protege before him and Daryl Morey, would package, you know, a plethora of those first round draft picks to land the next, you know, disgruntled star or the next upset player or, you know, just packaging them together to make that that needle moving trade to kind of catapult the Rockets back into, you know, either playoff contention or true championship contention. And I think that was one of my takeaways as well from this press conference and how they're going to kind of operate these upcoming years. Yeah. And, and uh, apologies, I, I, I shouldn't have used the word commodity uh, earlier. I think you, you were right. He did mention the word assets. Um, and those are really important assets there to kind of put themselves in that contention spot. And another thing, Jackson, you know, piggybacking off of what you just mentioned was the vision. I think, you know, what, what if you're a fan, you know, you, you were able to kind of get some insight into what they think the timeline is moving forward. He, he mentioned something that was really interesting. He said, you know, we're, where we're at this year is kind of similar to where Golden State was last year. There's consequences to actions going for a championship, like he was referencing going for a championship. If you go for it, go for it. Trying to maximize this year and not looking two to three years, two or three years uh, out, there are consequences. There's two things that were interesting in that quote there. The first is that he, he referenced Golden State, kind of where they went through last year. They were also ravaged by injuries. Um, they were kind of, it was pretty much became a rebuilding year. They, they were able to get a top draft pick, bring in a young guy and come back with the veteran players they had and try to compete again, you know, be competitive in the Western Conference. I think that is something they are very interested in. You know, they're going to use this year as a way um, to get better organizationally going into next year. 
and they have a great group of great nucleus of you know veterans and younger guys and then you also bring in Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley two guys so they can hopefully if they would like to keep around uh, and based off the early early returns they're, they're both fitting in well here with the roster in Houston so so it does not seem like this is going to be a situation where they're going to try to just play their young guys for multiple years. It looks like they're going to try to want to be competitive and be a competitive team and use that as a way to get back into contention, maybe draw free agents, draw through trades, through the draft, and build their way, build their culture up organizationally uh, to get back towards the championship. So for me, that was a very big takeaway. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the kind of the uh, nice mix that this Rockets uh, team now has of veteran players as well as the kind of youth movement specifically, right? We've got the the core that is being referenced constantly in uh, Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr. and KJ Martin. But I'm glad you bring up the veteran angle of that because there's a guy who has been an absolute standout to me over these last, you know, three or four games or so. Which actually brings us to your Mikolov Ultra Player of the Week, who has to be, in my opinion, DJ Augustine. Over the last week, four games to be exact, DJ Augustine is averaging 12.8 points, 2.3 rebounds, and 5 assists on 53% shooting and 39% from behind the arc. Numbers almost as good as Mikolov Ultra, only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. And look, it may not be Gerald Green rocking number 14 out there, but DJ has been a welcome sight in Rockets Red and is happy to be out there playing for his hometown team. Because look, at the end of the day, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So why not enjoy a Mikolov Ultra while DJ Augustine is out there dishing out dimes? Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? DJ Augustine's play has been a huge standout these last few games, and that's why he is your Mikolov Ultra Player of the Week. Now, continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast. Chatting right now with the Athletics' Ali Bijani by way of Locker Room, courtesy to our hosts who are hosting this conversation and to our wonderful uh our wonderful guests taking place in the audience who again streets say that y'all have some questions for us so i haven't seen anybody raise their hand yet which is slightly disappointing so get up here hang out ask us some questions bring us some topics that's what this is you know here for but let's go ahead and alicon we we wanted to talk about kevin porter jr a little bit as well as kind of his dynamic and his relationship on the court both with john wall and uh, with DJ Augustine. So let's start and just kind of, we've seen, a, a we have a decent sample size of Kevin Porter Jr. having to essentially, you know, play off ball of another primary ball handler, which has been a bit, of, a bit of a learning curve for him as he's been the primary ball handler for, you know, his entire stint down in the G League and even for a brief stint when he first joined the team due to John Wall sitting out. So what, what are your, some of your takeaways um, from what you've seen out of him recently? Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to start off by reading a stat to you. And I think this stat really exemplifies the point I'm going to be making. Um, this, is his, this is his isolation uh, possession since, the, since he came back up after the All-Star break and the end of the G League season. He's had 23 isolation possessions, okay, 23. They're, the team as a whole has only scored nine points on those 23 possessions. That is in the fourth percentile 
according to Synergy. That now, strikes me as very not good. It's just going to yeah, point and, out. And, and he's turned the ball over. Or there's been a turnover on almost 17% of those possessions. So just going to read you the stats uh, out of those 23 possessions, okay? 23 possessions according to Synergy, right? I haven't tracked all of them myself, but this is according to Synergy. They've only scored nine points on them. So 18 field goal attempts, only three makes, um, and that almost 17%, you know, have resulted in a turnover. That's that's very striking to me. Um, and and, and one, I was discussing this with some others yesterday at the game too. You know, it seems like that, Number one, his 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 leg could be bothering him. You know, he was out for those few games, um, and he's not may possibly not able to accelerate or decelerate off of that leg as effectively as he was able to previously. But but the second thing is that he's so zoned into being a playmaker, which he should be, which is what the team wants him to be. Is he looking to always pass first? And is that really messing with his rhythm in terms of how to get going and how to attack the paint and the basket? What gives me hope in, in terms of, you know, how he can continue to develop, because he's only 20 years old, off of dribble handoffs, he's very good, 75, 75th percentile. And, you know, they're averaging 1.06 points per possession. Now, a dribble handoff is a little bit different than an isolation where, you know, you're getting the ball on the move and you're able to attack downhill seamlessly. And I think that for him is a very easy type of read. I think his next progression will be, he's made flashes in terms of making reads, but his next progression will be not only getting the ball into isolation, but first getting past his man and looking to score. And if the score is not there, then looking to find his teammates. And that balance is going to be something I'm interested to see him develop over time. And you talk so you talk about the dribble handoff portion of that, and I do have a I do have a follow up there. But we've actually got a couple of our first speaker requests, so I feel like I would be remiss to not take advantage of this opportunity. So let's go ahead and pull up Zeke. How's it going, Zeke? What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, boys? Hey, Zeke. Man, I've been following you guys on Twitter forever, so it's awesome to actually be on the platform, talk to you guys, like you know, not in person, but you know, at least hear each other's voices. Sort of in person. It's like an informal like phone call, right? We're just we're just hanging out. Right. <laughs> we're all talking about our love of Houston Rockets basketball. So this is awesome. Absolutely. So what you absolutely, man. So what you got for us? I mean, with the Houston Rockets, I mean personally, um I'm not like, you know, people are very sad that the team is not winning. They're not good, right? And there there's some sort of overreaction. I mean, of course, we're bad, right? It's it's always bad to be bad. But I think within the Houston Rockets lexicon, we've never been bad. It's like even when we're bad, we're just mediocre. We usually break 41-41 or at least over 500. So to see the team's direction and them going on a 20-game losing streak, you kind of see it on Rockets Twitter like where everybody just wants to like bury their head in the sand and just be like it's over. But, you know, regardless as though like my Twitter says a depressed Rockets fan and just – um, the Rockets have, you know, the Rockets have an avenue where they can have a bright future. They have multiple draft picks, and it's going to be based upon how we scout for, um, you know, for the draft and our draft lottery odds, and if we can hit on all these picks, right? Um, so, I guess is what I'm thinking of right now. I guess the first thing that I'm going to think about is uh, or ask is if we were to 
be within the lottery and keep our pick, which is top four, who would you rather have? Like, okay. who would fit best for the Rockets? Okay. I'll let Jackson, I'll, you you go first. You okay? How you wow? You you take the cop out and you okay? You just okay? 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 All right. Well, I will go first. So are you saying like you got to give me a pick here? You got to give me a pick. Okay. Seat. I mean, let's make this hard, right? Because if we say number one, everybody's gonna pick Kate, right? So how about this? You don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my story. I might pick Jalen Suggs number one. No, I wouldn't. That'd be no, awesome. No, exactly. <laughs> let's not make it easy. So, let's not make it easy. So let's say we keep the pick and it falls at number three. Who are we taking? Who gets drafted one and two? <laughs> well, we already know one is going to most likely is going to be Cade. So that's the presumptive favorite. So All right. Come on, you know, wheeling and wheeler and dealer of fates. Who's number two? Um, let's say Orlando's number two. Well, I'm saying who's drafted number two. I got to know okay. who's on the board. Uh, That's my point. Two, number two has to probably, let's say Mobley becomes number two. Okay. Mobley's number two. Um, That's an easy three. Yeah, that becomes out. easy then. I, I like, I, I think the heart, you know, Zeke, if I could modify it for a second, because in the greatest podcast that won't ever be heard, we actually did a similar question to this last week. And I asked Ali Khan if he would, you know, who he would take number two overall. Um, and we can revisit that conversation because I think when you look at the number two overall pick, then it becomes a really good debate between Mobley and Suggs. And that's where you get into some really interesting takeaways about fit versus talent, um, mm-hmm. all those kinds of situations. So, uh, Ali Khan, do you want to chime in here? Yeah, so I'm going to start off by saying, the, let's say the Rockets keep uh, Christian Wood as a franchise cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that word loosely, Jackson, as an inside joke. <laughs> uh, so just, just just for you guys don't know, I asked uh, Rafael Stone yesterday if you could define for me what he thinks a franchise cornerstone player is, and he pretty much um, was like, "I never, I never said that word," so he didn't really. I mean, he he kind of gave an answer, but uh, it, it's 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 um, you guys you got you guys should watch the press conference if you can yesterday. It's an inside joke about that, but yeah. a- anyways, uh, to to answer the question. Um, I think if you have Cade Cunningham go first, the Rockets will look at two players. As of right now, obviously there's so much scouting left to be done. There's a combine, there's everything. Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. To me, this is my list. This is not the Rockets' list. This is my personal list. So okay. aggregators, if you're listening, this is not what the Rockets are thinking. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> because I've been, I've been busted by aggregators before for this stuff. So I would pers- – I think personally – Evan Mobley is the more talented player. And even then, the margin is very, very, very small. Okay? And I think you can have a great dynamic and duo between him and Christian Wood. Now, the question then becomes, in the league that's being dominated by perimeter players and players who have to be able to score at all three levels and defend at all three levels, can you trust a lengthy, long player like Mobley to be a franchise cornerstone alongside Christian Wood and now you have Kevin Porter Jr. And is that a good enough core for you to get to where you want to go? Or, like I said earlier, you know, you have perimeter-oriented league. Do you think it's better to have Jalen Suggs? I think Jalen Suggs, to me, I think a good comparison for him. Um, I was kind of laughed at when I said this, but I really do believe it. He reminds me a lot of Damian Lillard. Not only is he smart, he can shoot. He's so tough. Um, he's just a, a, a player who can be an engine of the offense. And for me, when you are looking at a team like Houston, 
that needs an engine of the offense per sort and has a coach that can really maximize guard play, to me, Jalen Suggs would be that pick. And because even, even if Christian Wood is here or not here, what is your timeline, right? Are you looking to build a backcourt that's going to sustain itself for the next eight to 10 years at least? Or is Christian Wood in your timeline at 25 years old and are you looking to compete in the next three to four years? That is a question the Rockets will have to answer. Now, we've heard from Rafael Stone, as I talked about a few minutes ago, their timeline looks a lot like they want it to be where they're competing next year for a playoff spot. They're not, you know, they were ravaged by injuries this season. They want to come back next year, come back strong, be competitive. Uh, I mean, I think both of those players can make you competitive, but it's, it's, it's also understanding what is your timeline. Do you see a Mobley Wood fit dominating itself in the front court? Or do you like Jalen Suggs being that engine of your offense and being becoming that offensive leader for you over time? That is that is my decision making. To me, I think you have to go with Suggs, but I do think Mobley in in a in a in a, in a pairing with Wood would be a very dynamic and destructive you know tandem on offense and defense. You sold me on Mobley last week, so I've been sitting on Mobley for a while, and now you're selling me on Suggs. So all, all I can take away from this is that Ali Khan is a really, really great salesman when it comes to uh, trying to hype up a player and his perspective fit on the Rockets. Zeke, really appreciate Mobley, your question. Mobley plays like a guard, you know. I mean, he, he, he can play in that perimeter style, but for me it's, it's, it's about, you know, what the – and I think this is why this, this Rockets draft for me is going to be so important. It's going to give me an idea – you know, as somebody covering the team, what is their philosophy with players? I mean, you kind of see that in the G League, with, you know, with the types of players they picked up. But this draft, especially with the multiple picks they're going to have in both rounds, especially that second round for me, what type of players are they looking to bring into their organization? Absolutely. And again, I got to thank Zeke for uh, asking us a, a really great question that we were yeah, – we had question, to do. We had to derail it a little bit, but I wanted to get that insight there because that was a great question that we had last week. So it's great to revisit it, um, but we definitely want to get uh, Damien. I see your request, so don't go anywhere. We want to get you up on the stage. We also want to still hit on a couple topics that we have here. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Look, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. It's not even like eating an actual protein bar. It's basically a candy bar that's jam-packed with chocolate. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best Built Bar. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's ma- bracket matchup is my personal favorite, Coconut Brownie Chunk. I think it's the goat protein bar. As soon as I tried it, it became my new favorite from Built Bar. Up against Mint Brownie, which, you know, sure, Mint Brownie's cool and whatnot, but it's not anything like Coconut Brownie Chunk. So go cast your vote. Go to BuiltBar.com. Throw in your vote. Go to at bar underscore or built on Twitter to cast your vote there. And when you're on their website, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who becomes the best-tasting protein bar. One more quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing, and we've got MLB right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost 
anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to the website and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And headed into our final segment here at Locked on Rockets by way of the Locker Room app, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Chatting, of course, with the GOAT, Ali Kambijani of The Athletic. Now, Ali Khan, we're going we're gonna to dive into, we've got a couple more topics that we definitely want to hit on in this final segment, but I've still got this speaker request from Damien here. So let's pull Damien up on the stage and see what he's got to say to us. What's up, Damien? How's it going, man? Hey, Damien. Oh, is Damien going to be a no-show? I, I heard something. Hello, can you hear me? It's Wi-Fi. Yeah, we got Hello? you, Damien. What's up? Oh, uh, the connection is really bad, man. I'm getting like really lag spikes right now. But um, like, does it sound good on your end? Yeah, we can it's, hear you, man. Yeah, we we got you. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So my question was, how do you um like Alekan was saying uh with uh Jalen Suggs? How I don't know. I don't see. I don't really see a fit there in a sense that I see Jay, um what do you call it? Kevin Porter Jr. He looks really uncomfortable off ball. So I was like getting more guards on the team. I don't know how I feel about him. And I want him to like, you know, I would prefer uh, Kevin Porter Jr. to be our primary ball handler. So I don't know how I would like, you know, see Jalen Suggs being a starter. Ball handling as well. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Sure thing. I uh, appreciate the question, Damien. So we'll go ahead. And I mean, I think that it's very clear, right, Ali Khan, that the Rockets view Kevin Porter Jr. as like their primary ball handler, their primary facilitator moving forward, you know, kind of the, the, you know, the guard of the future, if you will. It's just kind of, they're in an awkward space right now with the fact that they still have John Wall here and they've got DJ Augustine now, you know, kind of helping to run that second unit, but you know, maybe they're just trying to get him more comfortable operating off ball. But I think ultimately like, you know, if, if for whatever reason, Wall and DJ Augustine were suddenly out the door tomorrow, Kevin Porter Jr. would absolutely be the guy running the show on a nightly basis. Am I wrong? No, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And one thing, you know, that's a great question. Um, one thing I really want to kind of point out when I was talking about him earlier, you know, off the ball is that it's not that he's, he's struggling. It's more so he's getting reps. He's learning. This is, this is not G League speed, even though that's, that helped him kind of get back into it. This is NBA speed. Things are different. There's multiple layers you have to digest and kind of go over. Uh, from from an off-ball perspective, what I was referencing is that if he is off-ball, he needs to find a way for him uh, to get – he needs to find a way for himself to get involved in actions, whether that's him being the recipient of a flare screen corner three and somebody setting a screen for him to open up a shot for him in the corner, or if he's the one setting a screen for somebody else, or if he's setting a screen or if he's moving around off-ball, he needs to kind of keep himself engaged so the defense can occupy his attention and not help on other people. That's his – game where it where he needs to take the off ball uh where he needs to you know go off ball now on the ball what i'm talking about is that when he has the ball uh when he has the ball he's able to make these really great split decisions on who to make the pass to draw on the defense go from there that that decision making the next step for him i was mentioning is the next read it's about you know what i see the low man down there so that means somebody must be open up on the weak side well, let me see if I can manipulate that big who's rotating over and either score for myself or make a pass they're not expecting. 
making those accurate passes to the corner, doing that extra thing. That's going to be his next step here in the offseason. Now, where I will disagree with you on the Jalen Suggs thing is that, yes, they want to see you know how KPJ is doing um, as a lead ball handler, but it's important for them to get see as many games as they can with him in that position so they can make a decision. Is he somebody who can make those reads? Is he somebody who can grow into somebody like that who can make those reads? From there, they'll be able to evaluate what is their current roster situation like, then draft that player they're going to get in picks one through four. I'm usually so I appreciate Damien for the for the excellent question, because, uh, again, that's what makes this thing work is that's why we're doing it live here on Locker Room rather than just recording a podcast in traditional format, because we want to take your questions. We want to hear from you and interact from you, but hopefully maybe with just, you know, slightly better Internet connection next time so that we can have a proper back and forth instead of just having to uh, get the question and then, you know, remove you off the stage. We'd like to keep you up for a little bit and kind of have that healthy back and forth like we did with Zeke. But uh, appreciate the question, Damien. And you know, ultimately, you know, whether it winds up being Suggs, Mobley, it's all, I think it's very largely dependent on where the Rockets kind of fall uh, in, in the draft pecking order. I'm still kind of on the, on the Mobley train. I, I really am. And I don't know if I'm going to be talked out of it. Alicon did a, a decent attempt earlier, but um, I, the Mobley hype train has left the station for me personally. And the idea of that fit between he and Christian Wood in the front court is very enticing to, to myself. Now, Go ahead. What's up, Alicon? Yeah, yeah. Mobley did not play an offense that was that had great spacing. I think that's going to be, you know, the the biggest thing for him when he comes to the NBA. Can he put himself in a situation where they surround him with great spacers that can utilize his ability to score, kind of cut, slash, do all these things he's already great at. So as he developed as a player, you know, you can maximize his skill level. But you know, putting him in a unique situation where they can highlight his strengths early on will be key. If you have KPJ continue to grow as a ball handler facilitator, that's going to help him. You already have Christian Wood who's going to continue to grow. He's, you know, the thing about Christian Wood is we talk about him being a franchise player already. You know, he's getting there. For me, his next development is that, you know, not only staying healthy, but being able to beat guys one-on-one without having to contort, without having to use that athleticism, using his smarts, using size, using strength that he's going to build upon. All these things that you're going to see these younger players continue to develop over time. This Rockets team, I know they're going to be competitive next year, but I may not think they're necessarily too far away from com- competition in the upper echelon of the Western Conference if these young guys can continue to grow and get better. They're so young. They're so talented. They have a great skill set. You know, it's very, it's very unique uh, to hear whenever you ask players in the Rockets locker room or opposing teams players, and you, they talk about, oh, Kevin Porter Jr., the, the first thing they mentioned is, He's so talented. You don't see that talent every day. It's a very common answer. When you ask about Christian Wood, they speak about, oh, this guy is such a versatile, talented, big. You don't hear that every day about guys who are 25. When you have two players like that, who the Rockets have under contract for multiple seasons to grow with and have them develop, it's a very exciting thing. I think that that has to give you hope that just take it game by game. See how they develop. Take it season by season. See how they develop, what they're adding to their moves because there's enough time for them to continue to grow and then get into the primes of their career. You know, I'm really glad you talked about uh, Christian Wood and, you know, him kind of bulking up a little bit his strength because uh, I have a quick message from our friends over at, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have another ad read here, but that's for you, Alex. Um, anyways, uh, I do want to get to our final topic, uh, Ali Khan, which I, I got to ask you, you know, we, we saw just 
against you know the Grizzlies in the most recent game. You know, Kelly Olynyk matched up with Jonas Valanciunas, and we've kind of seen some of the same with Christian Wood matched up against some of the bigger-bodied centers in the league. And Valanciunas really had his way with the Rockets in this game: thirty points, fifteen rebounds. He had eight points, you know, tail into this game to, you know, really close out the Rockets and they largely had no answer for him. So I want to know from you kind of schematically, what would you like to see the Rockets do better when faced with those bigger bodied centers and the fact that they don't have a comparatively big body of their own to throw at them? Because again, Christian Wood is kind of built like a four playing at the five spot. And he, you know, is very wiry for a guy his size and he definitely needs to add a little bit more muscle mass. But how can they schematically, uh, you know, prepare better for some of these matchups down the line? Okay. Perfect. So, so here, here, that's. I think that's a great question. You know, w- one thing I'm going to start off by saying is that if you go back and watch the highlights from the Memphis game, you're going to notice the Rockets had some situations where they were switching. Even on Valachunas' possessions, they were switching. And what they did was when they switched, they brought an extra help defender to kind of stunt and kind of, you know, take away your airspace for Valachunas to not only get the ball, but being able to position himself to score inside the paint. One thing you can do schematically if you're a team that has a bunch of smalls, and we saw the Rockets do this last year, is that not only do you switch and you help like they did yesterday, kind of shrink the floor, but you scram switch. And what that means is that if you're switching and a smaller guy is on Valanciunas, whoever is the nearest help defender in the corner or on the slot, you want them to quickly scram switch, which means that while, you know, the guy, while Valanciunas is slipping or trying to establish position, you quickly, you know, switch the, def- the switch the defenders. So you have a bigger body that's present to be able to do something. That's that's the next step. You know, I think that is a principle that the Rockets will add into their defense. It doesn't help that they haven't had enough practice time to be able to add these specific principles and things to do. That is a very common defensive adjustment to do a scram switch. Higher level, top tier defenses do do that, but that's because they have the communication and the rhythm, and the chemistry to do so. That is one. The second is you've not only played drop coverage, but when you are playing drop coverage, you know, you 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 bring you double team from the help side, and then whenever the pass comes out, you scramble and, you know, take away the passing lanes. We saw that in Minnesota, especially in that late in the first game when they were playing, I mean, sorry, in the third quarter of that first game against Minnesota when they were shutting down Carl Anthony Towns. And then also in that second game as well against Carl Anthony Towns. Essentially, you bring in a second defender from the weak side, like I said. You double-team the ball, and then as a defense, you have to keep an eye out for who's on the perimeter and who's cutting inside. The guy on the uh, guy on the weak side will rotate over to help on anybody who's slashing, and then it's up to everybody else in the perimeter to rotate over to the next pass. So all these as these next passes are being made, Whoever was double teaming on Towns can recover back to the opposite corner and take away that pass there. There are, you know, adjustments that both teams can make. The offense can do this. The defense can do that. But at least these small things to take the defense, you know, I mean, the offense out of rhythm is key. And I think that's going to come as a next step when the Rockets just have more practice time, have the ability to stay healthy and be able to establish a rhythm in a chemistry defensively. 
you know, I'm, I, you should be proud of me, Ali Khan. As I was watching the game, I was wondering why they weren't scram switching on certain possessions because I remember seeing it during the playoffs and, you know, I, I recognized it and I was like, well, this is something that they probably should be doing. So I'm, I'm happy to know and slightly vindicated that that was your answer to that kind of problem that they were uh, faced with against the Grizzlies. So it just goes to show that when you listen to Ali Kambijani, uh, with enough frequency that you will learn something about the game of basketball, which happens every time I come away from a conversation with you, Ali Khan. So I've got to kind of, you know, give you your props there. Uh, but for this episode, um, on, well, we got one more question. Hang on. Who, who, all, who, who y'all got for the big fight tonight? Kong Godzilla. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. You know what? We'll go with an off topic question. Why not Kong or Godzilla, Ali Khan, who are you taking? The man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull. Well, wait, wait, before, on. before, before you play, before you mention this, did you know that there's a prop bet for Kong versus Godzilla on betonline.ag? That's for you, Alex. One more ad plug. All right, go ahead, Alex. Godzilla, the man, the myth, the legend. I, I don't know how Kong is going to beat, uh, you know, 300 foot lizard that shoots lasers out of its eyes like or mouth or wherever the laser comes from so yeah i'm just i'm going godzilla too like i i don't i'm gonna and i'm definitely gonna go see the movie because i would definitely love to see a giant lizard beat up a giant gorilla um so that's definitely gonna happen but shout out uh for that question uh who, who went up asking that uh olenic clinic asked that question what a name that's a name yo i'm gonna use that in my story <laughs> olenic clinic this is Whose name is that? That's an amazing name, man. Yeah, well, oh dude, can, can you give us your actual name? Because I want to thank the person who came up with Olenic Clinic because that is actually amazing. Pablo, Pablo thank you Pablo, so much Jackson, for that. Jackson, you, you got to tweet this out. You know, we got to get this going on Rockets Twitter. Um, absolutely we're we're gonna get this running on rocket twitter because olenic clinic is is definitely what ola kelly olenic has done in his first couple games as a houston rocket um he's been putting on what we will for ne- forever now call an olenic clinic so i guess that's as good a spot as any to kind of wrap things up ali Khan, go ahead and let our wonderful audience and listeners know where they can track you down at yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider and also read my stuff at The Athletic and find my stuff on YouTube as well, Rockets Film Room. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about Olenek a lot whenever we see enough uh, minutes with him and Christian Wood playing together. Um, I think that's going to be something that's a great storyline to watch moving forward. You know, when you have two you know, stretch fours, essentially, or stretch fives who are playing together, how does that look for this Rockets team? Can that be film that Silas looks at and says, you know what, maybe this is something, you know, we can use when we're, you know, trying to think of players to add in next offseason, having a guy like that to play alongside Christian Wood. So that'll be really interesting to see uh, from the Olenek Clinic um, and uh, Mr. Wood. I can't wait to start using that on a very, very regular basis, but that's going to do it for our show. Be sure as well to not only follow, follow the pair of us on, on Twitter, uh, at JT Gatlin, at Rockets underscore Insider, but also follow us on here on the Locker Room app. That way you get the notifications whenever we uh, put the rooms live, all that good stuff. But for today's episode of Locked on Rockets, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.